So we'll jump into Colossians and, and, and we'll start with an introduction tonight. And I believe we might be able to get um, halfway through the first chapter tonight after we do our introduction. So here we go. Um, introduction stuff, the book of Colossians. All right. Number one, the author, uh, when you look at Colossians, in case you're trying to find it, it's in the New Testament after Philippians. Uh, it's a short book, three chapters right before First Thessalonians. Um, let's see. It's page 1113 in my book. Um, uh, so the, 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 the author of, um, Colossians is Paul. Um, and you know, we read, uh, we studied two of Paul's books before and you'll see, uh, you know, some consistency in language. You see some of the consistency, um, in doctrine, you're going to see some of the consistency in application. Um, especially when we get to chapter three, um, you'll see something that looks like Paul literally took it from Ephesians and put it in Colossians, like, like language and everything. And, um, but it's a, it's a book written by Paul. Um, uh, uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, the date that he wrote this, uh, it's estimated around 61 AD. So 61 after the death of Christ, 61 AD. Uh, now this, it was, it was written during his, uh, one of his, it's one of his imprisonment epistles. It was written while he was imprisoned in Rome. Um, now here's the thing. So we wrote it to the believers, um, uh, the, there were the Colossians from Colossae or Colossae. Um, some believe that it, it was um, it, it, that, that the city was named from the uh, word Colossus, um, but it wasn't necessarily an impressive city within itself. I mean, it was kind of in the middle um, of Ephesus, uh, of Laodicea, and those were so, like two of the main cities at the time that this was written. And this was not one of the main ones by this time. It, it was probably previous. Um, a big city, but not at the time. Most of these people are Gentiles here, although there are some thought that there were clusters of Jews that were in Colossae. So, so, so we've got to remember that when he's writing this, he's writing it to Gentiles. Okay, he's not writing it um, uh, 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 to Jews, uh, but there were clusters of Jews in Colossae. As I would imagine in most places, you know, there were probably clusters of Jews, like even in Ephesus. Um, but again, we're talking about his target audience, right? Um, uh, so this was a city in the province of, uh, the name of the province is uh, Phrygia. Uh, that's P-H-R-Y-G-I-A, uh, Phrygia. Um, also, is, is, so that, that's in that area known as Asia Minor. Again, it was about 100 miles east of Ephesus. We just finished studying the book of Ephesians. And so we see how close this church is uh, to that church. Uh, Paul, interestingly enough, never visited Colossae himself. He never visited this place. He's never been there before. Um, it's quite possible that somebody who learned from Paul um, or someone who was sent by Paul uh, took the gospel to this area and established the gospel. So Paul never been there. He never visited anybody there. He's never seen the place, uh, but he's writing this letter, understanding that the gospel has already been established there. Uh, most scholars believe that it was a man named um, uh, Epaphras, Epaphras, E-P-A-P-H-R-A-S. This is stuff you can impress people at the water cooler in your Bible studies with stuff that you know. Um, and uh, he's even referenced in the book. And he's likely to have got the gospel from Paul um, in Ephesians is what a lot of scholars are saying. Like he, he's the one who, who learned and spread the gospel there. And he learned this in, um, in Ephesus. Sorry. Um, so here's his issue. His issue, um, uh, which is similar to uh, the issue he had in Galatians, uh, was with false teaching. And the false teaching all surrounded Jesus and, and who Jesus was. Um, was, uh, was Jesus fully man and slightly divine? Was Jesus, you know, uh, uh, fully divine, uh, fully divine in nature and in, in, in spirit and in influence, but the man himself was human, 
you know, and so there was a lot of teaching going on around, uh, around about who exactly Jesus was and his divinity, uh, his human nature. Um, and that was the question there uh, due to some false teaching that was going around by three different groups. And so those three groups that were spreading those theories, one was called the Gnostics. That's G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S, the Gnostics. So th- th- they were a very um, heady group, real prideful when it came to knowledge. Um, they believed that they had the real truth. Um, now, some people, even within that group, there was a fraction. Some people within that group uh, denied the true humanity of Jesus. They said that Jesus wasn't human, you know, at all. But watch this. But the Christ, right? The Christ was a divine influence that rested on the human man who was named Jesus after the baptism. But that's it. Like the man, Jesus himself, from birth until baptism, was, was there's nothing divine about him. The only thing that was divine about him after baptism was the fact that the Christ, quote unquote, the Christ rested on him after his baptism. Uh, and they believed that the Christ left him before his crucifixion. And Jesus, the man, died, uh, but the Christ did not die. Uh, that was their belief. Now, the error in that is 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 twofold. I mean, um, number one, then that means that the account of the virgin birth uh, is not is not true according to these guys because this, the you know the, the um, angel of the Lord came to Mary said all stuff he's going to be the, the deliverer etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, well if he was just fully human at birth up until the time he was baptized then that that never happened that doesn't make sense and then uh, the other on the other end is you know then 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 explain the empty tomb if the man Jesus died but the Christ never died the influence on him at the time um, that he was baptized. If if the Christ still was alive, but the human man Jesus was Christless at the time of his crucifixion and death and burial, then explain to me how the man rose from the dead and the grave was empty. So um, so that was that was their fault. Some believe uh, that um, when it comes to practical uh, application, that the body and our human nature is uh, uh, inherently sinful, right? And so they practice a lot of self denial, uh, maybe even self torture. Uh, in an effort to tame the body, to try to be righteous. Now, again, there was a fraction even in this group because others believe that the body is inherently sinful, but uh, the body doesn't matter. Because remember, they even believe that Jesus' body didn't matter, right? But the body doesn't matter, so you can do whatever you want to do while you're in your flesh because it doesn't count against anything, um, especially, which is kind of odd, right? The second group, um, what he helped with this pronunciation, the antinomianism, with antinomianism, um, and, and they believed uh, that uh, you can give way to the body and all its desires and appetites because of grace. And so they believed in grace and they believed in salvation and stuff like that. But they believed that you could live any kind of way you wanted to live because um, because of grace. Some people say there are churches that believe that now. Um, and then you've got Judaism, uh, which was the third group there, uh, 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 the Jews, uh, the Old Testament system of ceremonial observances. Uh, and things by which man hoped if they just did these things, that they lived by these uh, ceremonial rituals and this in this Old Testament system, that they could be righteous before God. So those were the three groups that had these battling uh, 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 theological arguments uh, here in this area. And while Paul wrote the book to kind of settle this once and for all. And again, he everything he bases this stuff on in Colossians is based on the, 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 the on who Jesus is. Right. And, and, and which is the foundation of our faith. 
you know, our faith foundation is, is, is not based on anything other than the fact that Jesus Christ was the son of God. He came to save man. He died and rose on the third day and now sitting on the right hand of the father. Like if that's not, if that, you know, so it has nothing to do with particulars in your church denomination. It has nothing to do with how you conduct your worship service. It has nothing to do with, you know, your church's mission statement. Like none of that stuff has anything to do with the, the foundations of our faith. And, and the reason that's important to remember is because it's, it's, it's just amazing to me how that how the enemy can distract the people of God on things that are small and minor and that have nothing to do with anything uh, relative to the foundations of our faith and what it means for us moving forward and how we're supposed to evangelize that gospel. Are we do we do more evangelism of our preferences? Do we do more evangelism and preaching of our own thoughts on doctrine or do we preach the man Jesus Christ, who is the son of God, who came to the earth, uh, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, and is now seated on the right hand of the Father. Is that what we preach, or do we preach specifics when it comes to doctrine? Or, I mean, we do workshops on how you should conduct a worship service if you want to be a successful church, and how you get your numbers up, and things like that. But the question is, is like, well, why are we doing workshops on that, and not going out in, in the world and telling people about Jesus? It's like, do we need help doing that? Like, that, that, that's probably the better question. So, um, so it's important here, because he relates the foundation about what is the main thing, and making sure that we keep um, uh, Jesus at the foundation of the main thing of our um, of our faith. Okay, let's keep moving for the introduction so we can get get reading into the book. Um, so so you can compare this a lot to Ephesians. Remember, both books written by Paul, right? Now, watch this. Ephesians, here's some comparisons with Ephesians, but it's slight differences, that right? So Ephesians talks about, remember one of the themes was, you know, in Christ, right? In heavenly places. He talked about us being in Christ, us being in Christ and uh, in, in heavenly places, right? But Colossians is very much talks about the believer here on earth, you know, he doesn't talk about in heavenly places and, 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 and our spiritual warfare and things like that. No, no, he's talking about believers here um, on earth and, and, and its ramifications. Uh, he also talks about our identity in Ephesians about, you know, in Christ, in Christ. Remember we talked, we, we chronicled that how many times he said in Christ, with Christ, uh, in Christ, with Christ, Christ with us. Um, but in Colossians, he ta- in, instead of us in Christ, he talks a lot about Christ in us, okay? But again, we're talking about that shift from the heavenlies in Christ to here on earth. And it talks about Christ in us, Christ in the believer, right? Uh, one study uh, uh, from a scholar says that um, says 54 of the 155 verses in Ephesians are similar to verses found in Colossians. And and by the way, you know why wouldn't they be? That's part of the way that they were able to prove the authentic, authentic, authentic. They were able to authenticate Paul um, as the writer of this book, given the fact that it's similar to stuff that he says before. Um, and when you're dealing with those kind of issues and you're laying down these uh, doctrine, it's easy to kind of use the same language and say the same thing, um, especially when it's going to different audiences. Remember, the people in Ephesus probably didn't get the book of Galatians. And the people in, in Galatia probably didn't get Colossians. You know, people in that area got it and it was probably copied and circulated a lot, but it's not like they were written all together and then given to these churches and now you've got these scriptures. And, and it's possible that as they circulated, they went further and further and further out. Um, uh, and then so eventually maybe some of them saw the same thing, but the original intent was not to write to the people in Ephesus what he wrote to the church in, in, in the Colossians he wrote to them specifically what was going on with them, right? But we can glean from it um, uh, for principle bridging for our own lives and what it means for us today. All right, so the, 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 the chapter breakdown, then we'll get to read uh, the book. We're going to do at least the first 15 verses. Um, uh, yeah, uh, first 14, probably. Uh, so chapter one, verse one through 14, where we'll go now, that's his salutation. It sounds just like a regular Paul open to a book. 
Um, and the chapter one, verse 15 through 20 is where he lays down who Christ is. We talked about why that is so important in this book. That's the whole theme of this book uh, is who Christ is because there was so much debate about it. Uh, chapter one, verse 21 through 23, uh, uh, what it means for me, what it means for the believer. Understanding now who Christ is, what does that now mean for me? Okay, that's, that's verse 21 through 23. Uh, chapter one, verse 24 through 28 Paul talks about his work for the kingdom, but not in the defensive way in which he did it in Galatians, uh, just kind of in a normal way with no, you know, grudge to, 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 to hold. But we went through Galatians as to why he did it that way. If anybody missed it, you can go back and, and check that out. Uh, interesting here in chapter two, chapter two, verse one through five, he talks about his agony for the church, for the issues and how and how it almost pained him on the inside that, you know, not to go there and be with them. Um, and, and, and this issue that they're dealing with, how, how worried he was um, about it. Chapter 2, verse 6 through 20, he talks about strength, uh, staying strong in the faith, uh, being unwavering in our faith and in our beliefs, not allowing false doctrine to move us away from it. Um, in chapter 3, verse uh, 1 through 16, he talks about living this new life. How, you know, and that sounds a lot like Ephesians. How now we are new creatures, right? And so now we've got a new life that we that that we live. Uh, chapter three, uh, verse sixteen through chapter four, verse six, he talks about practical interaction with one another. Um, uh, uh, so that's uh, uh, chapter three, verse sixteen through chapter four, verse six. He talks about practical interaction with one another. Um, and then if you move down uh, to the final part of the um of the chapter you've got uh chapter four verse seven through the end that's kind of his conclusion and his summary um and almost like housekeeping and stuff like that uh when it comes to it so that's your introduction uh to the book of colossians um I, i'm really excited about this book because you know like i said we can mirror some of the stuff that we saw in ephesians and some of the the topics here like it really applies to us today so let's let's start to read we're going to jump um uh, we're going to start chapter one verse uh one and we're going to go down to 14 um, and again, if you follow your outline, uh, that's his salutation and kind of prayer for the church. Um, and you'll see some you'll see some similarities to Ephesians uh, in this as well. So here we go. Uh, uh, chapter one, verse one. This letter is I'm reading from the NLT, by the way. This letter is from Paul, ch- uh, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle uh, of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. Um, he- here's one thing. It- it's interesting, though, how, how you see Paul. Um, we like to have hierarchy and things like that, where Timothy one of Paul's, uh, uh, you know, I guess you could call them protégés or one of the ones that he, he, he that he is is helping to gear up or, he, or is like an assistant or something like that. If you want to go, he doesn't have he doesn't use any kind of hierarchical hierarchical um, uh, uh, language here. You know, he doesn't refer to Timothy as some sort of subordinate to him. He says our from our brother Timothy. And, and, and let it be said that, you know, we have to be careful when we assign all these titles and positions and this and that to people. And people think that it makes you better than anyone else. And Paul, and don't forget, Paul is one who had a pride problem prior to his running with Jesus. Remember he said, I was a Jew's Jew. I knew everything. And I was, I was super, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, adamant and all about this stuff to the point that I even killed Christians. I persecuted Christians. That's what I did. He says, but, um, uh, but then he, he changed. And so here you see this, this humility in Paul that was not the case with him uh, pre-Christ, pre, uh, right? All right, here we go. Uh, verse two, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, or Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, right? He says, may, our, uh, uh, may, our, may God, our Father, give you grace and peace. Verse three, we always pray for you. He's talking about the we. Remember, he talked about from him and, and our brother Timothy. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to uh, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for all God's people. 
um, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Uh, you have had this uh, expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Watch this. This is the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from d- the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. This is one of these scriptures that are so important to impact because it's like this. The, listen, the scripture and the good news of who Jesus is, number one, it is powerful. It will change lives and it will bear fruit. But watch this. It ain't going it ain't going to it ain't going to show its power. It's not going to bear the fruit and it's not going to change lives if it doesn't go out. Like Paul said, he said the same gospel that you're getting is going out all over the world and it's bearing fruit and it's changing lives uh, uh, the, the same way that it's changed lives here with you. And so and so that's one of the, the main things that the church has to make sure that we keep in focus and that impact has to make sure that we keep in our in our minds that this gospel that we that we're learning on Tuesdays and the gospel that we're preaching on, on Sundays, that this same gospel has to go out through impact and it will bear fruit. And it will change lives. And, 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 and even through COVID, even though we haven't been in some of the same places that we've been, we've been on the street and we've seen lives change. You know, shoot, Brother Hackley and I, when we were carrying some stuff two, two weeks ago from the cars over to our tent, there was a brother who was walking with us. Um, and uh, normally they stay away from you till you, till you pull, till you, till you, uh, you know, leave, uh, unpack stuff. He was walking with us and he was telling us how hip, happy he was that he was three days clean, you know, and we're seeing people who, who, who are recognizing us. We were leaving uh, this past week. Somebody waved and say, okay, see you guys in two weeks because they're getting used to it, but the stuff is changing people's lives. There was a guy who I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen him in almost a month. But he was saying how he now has transitional housing. And, and these are people who, you know, would normally just come up to get food, but we talk with them, we pray with them, want to know what's going on in your life. How can we pray with you during the week? And so this gospel is going out, it's bearing fruit, and it's changing lives. And we have to continue to make sure that we're a church just like this church uh, where Paul is talking to the Colossians about making sure that they continue in that, right? Uh, verse 7, you learned about the good news from Epaphras. Remember, we talked about him, our beloved co-worker. Again, remember, Paul doesn't doesn't operate in these hierarchies. Paul doesn't operate in this guy is my, you know, Epaphras is my armor bearer or, you know, Timothy is my adjutant and all these things people do in churches and get upset about positions and titles and make these things up. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, Paul just says, our beloved co-worker. And, and, and Paul doesn't, and, and again, Paul doesn't even, although Paul's probably the one who ministered the gospel to this guy, Paul doesn't take credit for any of it. He's like, we're all co-workers. We all are doing this together. We're all spreading the gospel. And so there's no, no, uh, you know, uh, little U's and, and big me's and, and, and uppercase I's. And, you know, I don't need the positions and titles and this and no one else does. It's like, no, we can all go out and meet the need that is before us and preach the gospel. Amen. Um, um, uh, uh, or you can wait for somebody to tell you that you can do it if that's what you want to do. And impact, you don't have to wait for that. Um, if in verse eight, uh, let's see. Uh, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit have given has given you. Um, uh, uh, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will uh, and to uh, give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what's interesting. If you remember when we were in Ephesians, that that same thing was said that he would give you that the spirit that, that, that he would give you uh, spiritual wisdom and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to know who you are. He prays this same thing for the church in Colossians. He says, number nine, uh, verse nine, he says, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. Watch this. And to give you spiritual wisdom 
and understanding, okay? So he wanted them to do what? Get complete knowledge of his will. You can write this down if you're taking notes. He prayed for what? Complete knowledge of his will. This could, listen, this could mimic some of our prayers that we should, we could pray this, that we would get complete knowledge of his will, right? To give you spiritual wisdom and under, uh, spiritual wisdom and understanding. Isn't it interesting here that Paul says, my prayer for you is, it, listen, is that God gives you complete knowledge of his will and gives you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Not that I need, not that you need to come, you know, uh, uh, come to impact on Tuesday uh, night and I'm going to tell you what God's will is for your life. And I'm going to help you figure out what God's purpose is for your life. No, 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 no. He says, I'm praying that God will reveal to you uh, and give you spiritual understanding and will give you spiritual wisdom and will give you complete understanding of his will. That that's what he was praying for them. And I think that that, could, that should mimic some of our prayers that as opposed to trying to come, you know, to, to, to parent or trying to go to crystal to try to figure out what it is God wants you to do. What if we just prayed that God gave it to you uh, uh, and that you didn't have to come to man to try to figure that out. But God can give you his, his church, his people complete a knowledge of his will uh, and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, he says, then, then watch this. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better uh, and better. And so he's praying for those uh, spiritual wisdom, uh, for understanding and for complete knowledge of God's will so that we can honor God in our lives, right? And that our lives will produce every good fruit uh, and it will continue because watch this, even in producing fruit, it, that doesn't mean that you stop learning uh, and, that you, and, that you, and that you have reached some pinnacle of knowledge and understanding that you never have to continue to grow. He says, no, all the while uh, you will grow uh, as you learn to know God better and better. And, and you never get to this place of complete knowledge. I know God better um, or at least in different ways now than I did five years ago. And it should always be like that. It should always be this continual uh, relationship of, of knowing and growing and intimacy and learning God in different ways uh, through different seasons in our lives and different things that we go through. Uh, verse 11, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. Watch this, that you be strengthened with all his glorious power. Now remember when I teach, because I was I was always taught, you know, that, you know, uh, um, uh, teaching is repetitive until learning takes place. And so a lot of times when I'm reading the Bible, I like to repeat verses and repeat things a couple of times just so we can hear it a couple of times. So we you know, so we get these points. Um, he says, we also pray that you will be strengthened, that you will be strengthened with his glorious power. Right. So that you will be strengthened with his glorious power. Watch this so that you will have. Here we go. All the endurance, patience, new car, new house and TV that you need. No, 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 no. No, I pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the patience uh, and endurance that you need. Because the truth of the matter is in this life, if you're going to be a believer, you're going to need patience and you're going to need endurance. And the only way we can be patient and the only way we can have endurance is if we are strengthened with God's power. Amen. Now watch this. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He's meaning you're in, in the family. He's talking about the adoption right there. He has enabled you to share. Remember, an adoption was a theme we talked about in Ephesians. Uh, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Now watch this, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, right? And transferred us into the kingdom of what? Of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins, okay? So we're gonna stop there. 
And then Tuesday, next Tuesday, we're going to jump right into verse 15. I know, Ma, you want me to go longer. You want me to get into Christ, the invisible image of the visible God. We're going to get into who Christ is and, and his teaching on that, but we're going to do it next week. Um, uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, Colossians is a short book. I mean, there's no reason of, I said three chapters, I'm sorry, four chapters. There's, there's really no reason why we couldn't, you know, throughout this week, read it a couple times. You know what I mean? And, and, and my prayer is that God will reveal to us uh, even before I teach anything and reveal to you, you know, you know, what is being said here and how it applies. And we can come together on Tuesday and we can share, um, you know, uh, uh, a little more, um, you know, even towards the end where we can share what God is saying to all of us through the book, as opposed to, you know, uh, me lecturing and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's all good. Um, so, yeah, so we'll go, we'll, we'll start at uh, verse 15 in chapter one uh, next week. And we'll jump in there with who he says Christ is. Um, really exciting book with the revelation of who, who, who Jesus is. Okay, let's pray.